Hello, this is Ben Eshmade and welcome to this King's Place podcast. On the 13th of October 2016, the UK's greatest and only improvising opera company, Impropera, returns to King's Place's Hall 2. With no score, no story and no safety net, the performance is created by you, the audience, as we'll discover. For this podcast, I caught up with artistic director and tenor David Pearl to talk about memory, mayhem and most importantly, music. So if I've understood, I think you combine three elements, maybe more, but uh, opera, comedy and improvisation. That's quite a, quite a recipe of entertainment. Yeah, I think it, uh, it, it sounds as though they're three very different things, but what we've discovered is that they actually merge together more than you think. The comedy comes from, a lot of the time, from people watching opera singers struggle. That's just funny. Okay, how does it work? Well, I mean, what can I say? The truth is I'm not sure. The more I've done it, I'm really not sure. But there is an element of mind-melding, you know, the Vulcan mind-meld. <laughs> and so, therefore, uh, stories tend to write themselves, melodies write themselves, uh, the words sort of, when it's, when it's working really well, they sort of write themselves. And so I think what it is is, like with any, you know, any improv company will tell you, it's about saying yes to what's happening. The other, thing we, the other thing we tend to avoid, I would say, is too topical stuff. Because people come mm-hmm. in and go, oh, talk about Brexit. And yeah. the thing, you know, that's great if you are, um, you know, there are people that do that amazingly well. The news quiz and news shows and stuff like that. But otherwise, bring it on. I mean, the kid, one of the reasons kids like the show, and we do have, I mean, it's not for kiddies, but I mean, we do have a loyal following of sort of 11 to 15 year olds, is they just like making adults do stuff. <laughs> embarrassing stuff and so if a younger voice pipes up we will generally try and satisfy them if I can put it that way that's a very dangerous thing to say in a podcast but there it is is it a sense of you and the rest of the ensemble um all your experience you know bits of Mozart leaking out of you yeah yeah that's a really good question I think I think honestly yes what happens is bits of Mozart do leak out of you. I think when you've done a lot of classical music or a lot, done a lot of any genre, it's in your body. Mm-hmm. So when you're under pressure, it pops out. For a lot of people who've come up through classical music or classical art forms, they've had some teacher, you know, with a ruler saying, get it right, you know. And even if they haven't had that, they've got, you know, classical music is set up. You're, you're, you're challenging the gods in a way when you, when you start to mess around with opera. So there's an element of, element of stress there. Does the music ever stop? Is it, is it continuous? Um, we've got an incredible, a real genius, a savant on the piano, Anthony Ingle, who is really unique as far as I can tell in the world because he is a, like the Wikipedia of all music. And it, it's under his fingers, whether it's you know folk music or, or books to Huda. And he will provide with our other musicians, Yashani and Pete and the other instrumentalists who join us, sometimes guests with us, they will provide a sort of uh, a music score behind mm. most of the show. But there are indeed periods of silence. We don't tend to talk, but sometimes we'll narrate. But actually, in some ways, one of the, one of the tricky things is, is stopping the music. Mm knowing when it's done because because mm. once especially it's hard enough to get the damn number going but once it's going you're, like, <laughs> you're so it's like it's a life raft i'm gonna keep on here you know and then and then and then and then and then and we carry on but it's actually finish it say what you need to say and move on you know one of the rules of improv is you know get off 
<laughs> just get off. What do you look for when you're asking someone to, to join the company or to be involved in a performance? Um, I think it's got to do with, it's not really fearlessness because everyone's frightened, but it's got to do with feeling the fear and doing it anyway. There mm. is just an element, and not just enduring that, but getting hooked on it. You see people early on who can just, just grimly get through a day with us, but other people go, that was frightening let's do it again it's that kind of you know it's kind of adrenaline junkie stuff there's an element of that actually in a weird way skill isn't what's required because you can meet some very skilled uh, improvisers it's more innocence actually it's more mm. people that um one of the best things a new improviser can do is is is, is listen is be there on stage and listen well, and what we try to do to especially new new players is we put them in an emotional situation where they have to sing about it you've got till dawn when you'll be executed have a think about your life. How do you feel, you traitor? And then walk off. <laughs> <laughs> and then you've got nothing, nothing to do but to sing. There's something very vulnerable about singing, obviously. It's a truism, but you know, you're opening your mouth. You're, you're, it's, you know, the breath is one of the few places in the body where the outside world penetrates your body. And it's, you know, once, once you're hooked, it's very hard <laughs> to turn your back and do conventional opera again. As you mentioned it there, let's talk about emotions. Yes. I, I imagine to use a phrase, it's an emotional roller coaster. Yeah. yeah, emotions are the obviously the paint box of music and particularly opera. And what we tend to do is heighten the emotions in, in, in the show. It drives things along. And there are games that you can play where you deliberately switch back from, you know, from ecstasy to terror to you know, pathological jealousy to hatred and so on. And so I think that's part of our job is to provide more heightened emotion than the audience will find on the street. I think that's one of the reasons people go to opera anyway because it's a kind of a therapeutic at one level. I need to get a job so I can buy a coat and feel warm. <laughs> I presume there's moments where it's all about maybe helping one person out of, out of a certain situation. They maybe go a little bit too far down, down a hole. <laughs> there's helping people out of situations and then there's just digging the hole deeper. I mean, and you really have got the choice. There was one show we did recently where one of our company, Ruth, was playing both of my lovers. And, of course, you know what needs to happen. They both have to appear on stage at the same time. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, that is a whole... That was, that's kind of a real problem that was made more delightful by saying, and here she is! Goodness, I've never seen you two in the room at the same time. Uh, and, of course, that is at one level a horrible hole, but it's an incredible gift to an improviser because you get out of that one. But those, it's a very interesting sort of kind of life lesson in a way that the audience loves you to genuinely lose, get lost mm. and have to find your way back. Mm. I suppose it's an essence, essence of drama as well. One thing you touched on there, and I, I suppose it's putting myself in your position, is, is memory. Yeah. I would be worried I would be forgetting what happened at the beginning. You're right. It is a nightmare. And this is one of the things about improv is, uh, you know, we do shows at King's Place every so often, uh, two, three, four a year. And, of course, we perform elsewhere. But there are improvisers, friends of mine, who are doing it every night or every, you know, Mm. three, four times a week. And one of the things that I noticed, apart from, you know, some of them are very very skilled at certain aspects of improv, their memory is, is just basically sharper. And they can remember a hook from 40 minutes ago mm. and, and bring it back. And it's, of course, delicious for the audience because uh, that's the sort of thing that happens in musicals and it happens in operas. And you're sort of saying it's a double joke, which is uh, we made it up, 
but now we're remembering it and we're bringing it back as though it's a real piece mm-hmm. of music. It's, 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 you know, it's doubly delicious. When you are rusty, that is the first thing that goes, yeah. I have to say. You mentioned it many times, also, you, you come from an opera background. I mean, the contrast can't be more different, though. You know, you go to, well, let's say, a slightly stuffy yeah. concert hall with, that's been there for hundreds of years yeah. with, with, with expensive costumes and yes. lots of money thrown at it. And, and you're, you're kind of like opera unplugged, I suppose. Yeah, I like the opera unplugged idea because I, I, I think, you know, without being too highfalutin, at, at some point, all operas were just made up. You know, somebody sat there and, you know, Mozart. Apparently Mozart, you know, he just used to write down what he heard in his head or it all came fully written. But at one level, I remember talking to Thomas Addis once, you know, the, who's you know, a very you know, beautiful opera composer. Um, and I said to him, how do you do that? And he said, well, one choice leads to another, which I think is very like improv. You, you try one thing and then you add another thing and so on. And I, I think I like the fact that it cuts through that. It's happening right here, right now. We say this is a premiere and a, and a dernier. <laughs> and you know, it's gone. It's gone. And there's something about that. The disposableness of it that enables you to kind of just throw yourself in. King's Place. What memories do you have? Yeah, King's Place is just a beautiful place to be to have a residency. If you're playing to a, a an opera audience, they'll come with all sorts of expectations, and we have done, and we you know, we've done opera festivals and stuff. People love it, but it changes it. This is a bit more. Um, raw, if you like, the space we do it in is, you know, is really ideal. It's a 200 seater. It's intimate. It's a kind of comedy setup. So you're, you feel you're connected to the audience and they to you. But there's a beautiful Steinway, and I mean, it just really couldn't be better. Let's end with the end. How, how do you end? So you end. It was, it's a very good question because you know improv has a way of of of, of taking the time it needs. Um, uh, and what I will do often is I'll have my eye on the clock and I will forcibly send signals like, oh, the, the, the moment of execution is approaching. And it's like, really, it's approaching in the next two minutes. And, you know, people go, OK, I get the, get the idea. And sometimes, sometimes we will make, wrench the thing to a close by saying, someone will say to somebody, so what do you learn from all this? And then they have to sing the song of what they've learned from the show. The moral of this story is, and then away we go. Um, <laughs> the audience quite like it when you're brutally rough like that. I don't think anyone has ever said to us, you know, I really think the story should be worked on a bit. But, uh, you know, you club it to death when the time has gone. Sometimes you see the stage manager drawing their, their hand across their throat as if to say, get off. Okay, fine. <laughs> It is very empowering that that as musicians, as performers, you realise you own, you know you can control the material to some extent, and and you can be rough with it, and uh, as long as you do it with a good heart, then everyone has a good time. Thanks to David for joining me and making me laugh. Improper returns takes place at eight pm in Hall Two on Thursday, the thirteenth of October. I'm Ben Eshmade and you've been listening to a King's Place podcast. For more details about this event and to book tickets, please visit kingsplace.co.uk forward slash returns. You can also find and follow us on Twitter at King's Place and Facebook forward slash King's Place. Thanks for listening.